You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broken records. The albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records. The music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bette, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get... Patty LaPone! Broken record, broken record, broken record, broken record, broken record. Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is cabaret goddess Natalie Douglas, here to chat about Nina Simone's Forbidden Fruit. Natalie is a 10-time Mac Award winner. What's a Mac Award? Shut up. You know what a Mac Award is. I I want you to explain it to our listener. Right, right. MAC stands for the Manhattan Association (laughs) of Cabarets and Clubs. It's the biggest award you can win in cabaret, like the Oscars of cabaret. I have one for Patty Issues. Oh, see, aren't you glad I brought it up? Anyway, um, Natalie has 10 for her cabaret shows that are a fixture at the finest clubs in New York and literally all over the world. She regularly plays extended runs in London, Los Angeles, San Fran, Australia. Her three (laughs) albums are often featured on NPR, Sirius XM, and BBC London Radio. (laughs) I like it when you do British accents. Let's see, would you do, um... Um, Let's do a game now. I'll do all your accents that you want me to do. Okay, um, well, we have to think of something for you to do them with, like a monologue, like from Gypsy, like what's a... Let's, no, no Patty stuff, it gets, becomes a Patty accent. Okay. <laughs> and we all know, a, a Patty accent is no accent at all. Um, or quite the opposite. Okay. It's like a joke on top of a joke. Um. On top of a joke. Okay, what if... the joke. I'm finished. Go ahead. Um, I could do, like, a line from Patty Issues or something. Oh. <laughs> I no. could do the Pledge of Allegiance. I could do my monologue from Love, Valor, Compassion in college. I mean, what do you want? Um, where's that boy with a bugle? My, my little, little love, love was always my big romance. romance. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. So British? British. Okay. <laughs> Where's that boy with the bugle? <laughs> my little love was always my big romance. It's like it's like very like leaning into Maggie Smith. I like that. Or do you want Cockney? 
Where's that boy? Now Maggie's have to be like, be like, uh, wait, what's it? Uh, what is it? Don't you, no, you think that's rather severe? Um, where's that boy with the bugle? My, my love. little, my little love was always my big romance. Real, romance. 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 <laughs> yeah, she's very like, oh. <laughs> okay, so now do the main monologue from as um, Straitman. Australian. <laughs> Australian? I'm really bad at Australia. Okay, like, um, it's so good. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, where's that boy with the bugle? <laughs> My little love. <laughs> That's got me. I can't do Australian. Cockney act. <laughs> Cockney act. Uh, My little love was always my big romance. <laughs> it was always big romance. Let's see. Now do it straight. Straight. Where's that boy with the bugle? Uh, <laughs> my little love was always my big romance. <laughs> Who do you sound like? Who is that? My little love. It's like very John Travolta, maybe. <laughs> also a closeted gay straight quote. Quote, quote a straight man, accent. A gay man, straight accent. I'm going to do Carol Sure. <laughs> she says a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. Where's that boy with the bugle? <laughs> My little love was always my big romance. I really like how you commit to the whole, like, uh, facial character of Carol in that. Oh, what about okay. Liza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, why don't you just sing it as Liza? <laughs> Where's that boy <laughs> with the bugle? My lover was Always my big romance. But which, where's that boy with the bugle? And why did I ever buy him? Those damn long pants. Did he need a stronger hand? Dun, 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 dun. Did he need a, a lighter touch? Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Billy Stretch is gonna unfriend me on Facebook. I'm having the pleasure of talking to the most fabulous Natalie Douglas. Yay. We're so honored to have with us here. Just the voice of a generation. Oh, truly. That generation being mine. <laughs> voice like no um, other. I, Thank you. Natalie, I saw you the night I moved to New York City. Really? May 13th. 1999. Oh my god! You were working at the duplex. Yes. And um, I was staying. I was house sitting for my friend on Grove for three uh, weeks uh, before I found it. Why? And I did find an apartment. Good. And my very first night, I I went to the duplex because I knew it was a gay bar and it was Christopher mm-hmm. Street. And I walked in and you were singing <laughs> and. Thank God. Oh my because God. I might have turned around and gone home. But, you know, I mean, little did I know that we came from the same hometown. Yes. But in the time, you to me were New York. Uh, and what a warm welcome. It was a warm welcome oh, because so it was, it was, Natalie's voice is so warm. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's obviously one of the things that makes you a cabaret star. Mm-hmm. But for me, walking into that, I mean, this is such almost like a cliche now. I feel like I'm a sailor in like the 1920s. <laughs> but, but I didn't know anybody. I mean, right. I could have yes. walked in and felt so many different ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had all the emotional baggage ready to, Absolutely. to be saddled uh, with. And yeah. I walked in and it was just... It was just this loving, huge oh. sound that, you know, it was, it satisfied. I went in, 
the first thing I thought was, oh, bitch can sing. Like, I'm going <laughs> to sit here, you know, and like of course. scream yeah. song titles. But, all, but, but, but I definitely felt, you know, I don't look back on that night as being like, I'm in a new city, I'm in a gay bar. Uh-huh. Right. I look back at it on just as feeling like, you know, coming home for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there are lots of spots in New York that have that. Mm-hmm. And you don't know until you get here, you know, mm. when you come from somewhere else, where you're going to find it. Yeah. You know, it could be a bookstore, it could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. A, a piano bar, it could be, you know, but you're mm-hmm. going to walk in somewhere and go, oh, I'm home. Right. Okay. Right. All right. I'm, you know, I made the right choice. This is where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I moved here. Because um, I had that. Even before I moved here, uh, friends from college in L.A., UCLA, um, were modeling and doing stuff out here. Mm -hmm. So they moved out here first. And I came to visit and got off the plane and was like, oh, weather, I like it. Uh, It was November. So, of course, it was gorgeous, but not like cold, cold. Because, you know, this is back in the olden days before the planet was dying. (laughs) It's funny because it's terrifying. Um, And so um, it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous fall day. And I walked around and I went to bookstores. And, like, I swear to God, I know this sounds crazy, but I was at um, uh, uh, the park on the... the park on the river. Central Park? No, no, no. Riverside Park. Riverside Park. Thank you. I was like, Roosevelt, that's the wrong word. Rosa Mexicana. No, that's not it. It's one of those. It's an R word. Um, I was at Riverside Park, and a cat came and, like, started wandering. Oh, this is like a weird Betty Buckley story. What? Well, I'm sitting. Not horses. No, no. Not horses. That was another time. Uh, While well, I was sitting on a park bench reading a book, and I was like, I love cats. Heaven, I, I just, I that moment decided I'm moving here. Oh, yeah. I am, and about a year and a half later, I was here. Wow. Like, it just, and then I started working in piano bars. Uh, my, before I moved here, I sang at Brandy's. Oh, yeah. And, just uh, as like one of the people one that of the you customers, later, like, yeah. had to deal with. Yes, exactly. One of the customers <laughs> yeah. I Famous later. Famous yeah. But um, you were the kind yeah. of customer you yourself you would have loved. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I learned very quickly because I, I'm one of those people who watches other people mm-hmm, and sort of, mm-hmm. uh, okay, this is how. Because I was an only child. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have the benefit of siblings yeah. to, to make mistakes or learn things for you. So you either make all your own mistakes, which I do too, but... Or you watch other people and say, oh, that's how you do that. So Mm -hmm. you walk in, you order a drink, you sit down, you wait, you listen for a Mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. And then when it is convenient and no one is in the middle of another, you know, 14 other things, Mm -hmm. you say, "Um, excuse me, would it be okay if I sat in? You know, Um, and then, yes, you, you tip, you know, I mean. You let people know that you're here appreciating mm-hmm, their gifts, mm-hmm. but you'd like to participate if that's something that happens yeah. in this room. Mm-hmm. If it's not that kind of room, then obviously you don't. Right, but right. Um, but so we we did that. My girlfriend Jan had had sort of scoped it all out before mm-hmm. I got here. And um, was she a singer also? No, she just she was the person who always made me sing in front of people. She was, oh, we need those friends. Yeah, yeah. good to yeah. have those friends. She was, I didn't. We all thank her. Well, you too. probably yeah. never had a friend that <laughs> that didn't make you sing. <laughs> no, no, I did. I didn't. I mean, I I was an actor, and mm. I didn't really. I sung. I sang for fun. Like I, mm-hmm. I've been singing since I was four, and it's just something I always yeah. did. But it wasn't anything I thought career about. It's very Barbra Streisand. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, and and weirdly, the first song I ever learned, the uh-huh. song my mom taught me when I was four, is the first song Barbara ever recorded. 
Sleeping Bee? No, 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 no. Recorded when she was 14, that like bad recording at oh, a festival. You'll never know. You'll never know. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yes. yes. I always say that when I was a little kid, all the other girls wanted to play Charlie's Angels and I <gasps> wanted to play Alice Faye. Yes. Because Just so I was so, <laughs> so weird. So, yeah. Um, okay, let's go back to that. Go back. Because we were talking about, um, we were texting yeah. about the albums that mm-hmm. you were inspired by. Yes. But you said the first one that you bought. Mm-hmm. Went, no, no, no. Which was the yes. first? Which the first was one the, I bought of your was, own money. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Eagles Hotel California. Which is so yes. special. Uh, it's such a rite of passage, buying an album oh with your own money. God. It really is. Welcome to the Hotel There were several in our house. Uh, my parents had a fantastic record collection, mm-hmm. incredibly broad. Mm-hmm. Did they sing? No. Or play music or they, anything? No, but they loved it. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had everything. So I got to listen to um, Ray Charles and opera. My mother's favorite opera was Madame Butterfly. So mm-hmm. like it was it, it, everything in that country music. My dad, they were both from Texas. So they liked old school country. I got, you know, mm-hmm. introduced to Dolly Parton very young. Like it was oh, all, yes. you know, Nancy Wilson, Nina Simone, mm-hmm. Carmen McRae, Judy Garland, mm-hmm. Barbara Starr, like everything. And there was a certain moment when I was about, I think like maybe six or seven, seven probably, that I was allowed to actually load the record player myself, mm. which was such a big deal. And they also had 78s of wow. um, South Pacific and an American in Paris. And the South Pacific movie soundtrack. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I could say life is just a bowl of jello and appear more intelligent and smart but i'm stuck like a dope with a thing called hope and i can't get it out of my heart not this and um and and what was the third one. Oh, Oklahoma. All the movie. Mm. And they came in this giant box. Mm-hmm. And they were so heavy. It was like like lifting a Buick. It was so cool. <laughs> and the, those are the things I listen to. Oh, I keep hitting this thing. Um, uh, constantly. And I, I kind of formed my own taste mm. based on the, th- the ones I liked of their collection um but then we were driving around la because it was la and you listen to the radio in the car yeah so care 101 yeah <laughs> so heavy heavy doses of that 70s sound too yeah so those are sort of both my touchstones mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. great american songbook standard you know that place also though um Linda Ronstadt and the Eagles yeah. and Carla Bonoff yeah. and, you know, James Taylor and that whole Laurel Canyon thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. It yeah. it sends me. Um, so I, I, I kind of had my own collection reflects both of those tastes yeah. and country and some classical and, you know. But that was just recreation. Acting mm-hmm. was the thing that you were that you Focus. were yeah. on. Yeah. I was, and well, school in general. I mean, I love school. I'm really, I enjoy it. I love research. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy being at the library. I'm weird. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and my mother was getting her PhD when I was little. So she did, gave me some of the standardized tests that mm-hmm. she was supposed to be learning how to give, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great uh, role model for a little girl, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It was very cool. I mean, my mom always worked. Um, it, it's actually something that I say, I, I have been known to say in, when I was in college and, you know, I went, had like classes in feminism or something. And the teacher would begin to say, um, you know, well, there was a period of time where um, women were put on a pedestal and, and they didn't really work. They stayed at home. And I was like, uh, black women did. <laughs> we always worked. <laughs> Thank, <Yes>. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. Because my, I never knew my mom to be, she, as far as I know, she was never a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. before they adopted me. Um, but mm-hmm. um yeah, it was a great experience. And I grew up on college campuses because mm-hmm. she got her PhD. Uh, she was a psychologist when I was 10. So from the moment they got me to 10 years old, I went with her to her classes. Oh, and so she was then teaching after. She Yeah, she was. Well, no, no, no. That was before when she was going to school. Right. She also was a teacher. Oh, she wow. was a teacher who... Um, uh, got her PhD in psychology and then became um, a psychologist for the Board of Education in Los Angeles. And something uh, something they developed called a multicultural counselor, uh-huh. which was, um, you know, to help smooth diversity in yeah. schools that were mm-hmm. not prepared for diversity. Yeah. Um, and how do we get along without killing each other? And clearly we've got that nailed now. So, uh, Um, so yeah, she always, always worked. In fact, the the reason I am their child is um, I was relinquished when I was um, a month old and the children's aid society gave me to uh, a woman who a foster mother who took babies for them, mm-hmm. um, usually newborns who were being adopted like the next day. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have them for very long, but that was one of the things she did. She was also raising her grandchildren and uh, Mrs. Jennings. And when her lovely daughters went to school up the street, my mother was one of their teachers, granddaughters, sorry. And um, my mother came to Mrs. Jennings' house to complain about Gail. Hi, sis. Um, Because <laughs> she had done something. She was in trouble, you know, third grade or whatever. And um, came into the house and saw me and said, I have to have that baby. Wow. And so she and my dad went Knowing that to... these were foster children. Yes, yes, yes. Not, not just, not just plucking someone's <laughs> Right, right, right. Would you give me your child, please? Thank you. No, not, no. Knowing that, that, was, that these were foster babies. Knowing. And um, they went to the Children's Aid Society and described me as though they'd never seen me. You know, we'd like a baby that's kind of like this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is hysterical. Because they all had to Otherwise pretend. it's insider trading. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. I think it was, you know, back in the million years ago when closed adoptions and stuff yeah. like that. So they weren't uh-huh. supposed to know, sure. you know. And um, so, so then they said, oh, I have just the baby. And so they put us together. And then my godfather, who was later the mayor of Los Angeles for 20 years, at that time was a lawyer. And so he was the lawyer on the case. So my uh. adoption papers, I actually have in my hand. I mean, not right now, people, but uh-huh. I, I, I have at home. In, in her figurative hand. <laughs> in figurative yeah. hand, yes. Um, uh-huh. I actually got them. Well, I didn't know I was adopted. It's a long story. But um, 
when I found out and I went to family members to say, well, huh, what? Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of them said, oh, God, OK, well, yeah, your mom didn't want you to know, but OK. Um, <sighs> he, would you like to see your adoption papers? And I kind of went, uh, what, uh, why do you have them? And um, my godfather had died a couple years before that. And she had been going through his papers with his widow, my aunt Ethel, um, because there's a wing dedicated to Tom Bradley at, at UCLA or something. And at the airport. The, and well, like yeah, of course. The airport. But like, I think there's, there's something specific at, at UCLA law school. Or so I don't know. Sure. Um, but they went through all oh, his papers oh. and oh. took the, the personal papers out oh. to give, you know, his official documents to whomever it was who was curating this thing. So she said, I had them in my hand two weeks ago. I know exactly where they are. I can put them in the mail to you. And she did. Wow. And Wait, so how old were you when that happened? Oh, that was, uh, I found out 18 years ago. Um, so you were just three or four. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See how nice you are. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I was grown, you know, I was here. My, wow, that's um, late in life. Yeah, it is. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, my mom had actually told me stories about her pregnancy with me. So wow, that's so heartbreaking. It was, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I understand, and and I'm also like, what? Um, that's very my mom, though. I yeah. mean, <laughs> she, really? she really concocts a uh, false narrative yeah. and then lives it's, it. Yes. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, well, and the thing very is, method. Yes, really. And well, that's the thing. When my mother got mad at me for moving to New York and being an actor and singing and all that, because, um, you know, she wanted me to be a doctor or a uh. lawyer or something, um, something real. Um, she she was like, I don't know where you get this. Why are you like, like this? You know, and and I was like, um, excuse me, fantastical person um, <laughs> who just makes things. And I, at that point, even though I didn't know I was adopted, I knew they made things up right. all the time. Yeah. One of the main reasons I wanted a sibling was so that I could look at someone and say, that didn't happen, yeah. right? Are you hearing this? Anyway, they yeah. were talking about a thing that we didn't do. Yeah, because I felt crazy uh-huh, sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, they were fun. They were fascinating. They were larger than life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were nuts. You know, mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. Just so it was was after they passed away that you it was out. after my mom had, but not my dad. But my dad um, wouldn't talk about it, and so mm. when I tried to bring it up to him, he just would suddenly have moments where he was kind of not lucid. Um, but I don't know how real that was. You know, um, it's funny that I mean, not funny, but yeah. it's so strange that it would be. I mean, I could understand the motivation to mm-hmm. not tell a kid, especially a little kid. Right, right. But that it would be such like a secret, like I as know. if it were like a reflection right, something of some, bad. Uh, something yeah. bad. Yeah, I don't. I I think honestly, um, she didn't know how to do it right, and uh-huh. and wanted it to be perfect, and couldn't figure out what age. And when I was probably about six or seven. Um, I used to, well, uh, no, I'm so much older than you, you don't know. Um, in L.A., they used to play I Love Lucy at mm-hmm. like 3.30 mm-hmm. in the afternoon, mm-hmm. five yeah. days a week. KTTV. Yeah. And, um, and so we used to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, come home from school totally. and sit down and have a snack and watch it. And during the um, Lucy and Ricky are pregnant and Lucy wants sardines and pistachio ice cream. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I looked at my mother and I said, did you have cravings when you were mm. pregnant with me? And she said yes. And I think oh. like that moment, say, to a six-year-old, you know, yeah. um, then she didn't know how to 
tell me the truth without yeah. saying I lied. Yes. It's like you Jeremy Hansen, the lie just yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. keeps getting bigger. Yeah. And, and, and she did, I mean, she embroidered it, you know. Right. Yes, I had cravings for pastrami and pickles. I'm like, oh. and I love pastrami and pickles. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, and she told me a whole story. We used to go to this deli, not Cantor's, but like around the corner from Cantor's, uh-huh. uh, a, a very cool deli that doesn't exist anymore, very mom and pop in the Fairfax district in L.A. That's the very Jewish yeah. area in Hollywood. <sighs> and we would go all the time. Um, and my, and the, the people who owned it were incredibly darling and super sweet to me and to my mom. And I adored them and they were like surrogate grandparents ish. Um, and she told me stories about how they took care of her when she was pregnant and she would come in and, you know, she didn't want to eat anything except pastrami and they like, and obviously none of that happened, but she did actually have a relationship with these people. So I don't know what did cement their friendship going years and years, you know, but it it was stuff like that, that I had to rejigger Mm. in my head. Like, you know, um, and it took me a long time to kind of figure it all out. And then this past, when I was in, uh, LA in November, I actually, um, got in touch with my birth father. I found him through ancestry.com, um, and wrote him and he wrote back immediately and he grew up like two miles from where I grew up wow, wow. and um he was a high school kid and um had a high school girlfriend and mm. um they never saw each other again after graduation and so he had no idea I oh, existed wow. um and he's great uh-huh. and and that it's what's amazing to me is how much of who I am it's clearly from my parents because of how I was raised. Mm-hmm. But how much of who I am is clearly from him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when we met, we met in December and he lives in San Francisco. He's awesome. Like we are so similar. And I mean, he's he, he's senior VP of the NAACP in San Francisco. Political oh much? Oh and, and like, <laughs> I mean, it's so awesome. He was one of the founding members of the Black Student Union at San Francisco State. Like he's a radical. Yeah. And he's and he, he said when he was a kid, the only things he ever wanted to do were grow up and be at a nightclub singer and a cowboy you know mm. like he loves music he's not a wow. musician but he loves it did he love the eagles um I, you know i don't know we haven't talked about the eagles he was telling me all the things that he the kind of music that he really loves uh-huh. and he loves like that whole 50s um that something cool that kind of place uh-huh, yeah. you know that uh julie london that yeah. like he's really right. into that everything like i i see now we talk all the time but i see his facebook page uh-huh. every day he posts every kind of music mm. you know he um so it's it's fun to think that that's both something genetic yeah. and something that you get right. from yeah. what's around you mm-hmm. you know um so yeah i i i've never known what it's like not to have music around not mm-hmm. to be around people mm-hmm. who love music mm-hmm. so okay going back to that yeah. you're listening did you do plays in high school mm-hmm. and but not musicals or we um I went to an all-girls high school Westlake right? yes yeah. mm-hmm. um before it was Harvard Westlake yes. um and um 
we did, I think we mainly did musicals, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, certainly the big shows were always mm. musicals. Uh, Little Mary Sunshine. Oh, my God. And um, the, the Mikado. <laughs> and, um, oh, God, what else did we do? Well, it, it the was, Boyfriend. Uh, how, how did you get men for the roles? Um, that from what is... Now the same school, but at one time was a different school, Harvard, uh-huh. uh, which was a boys' preparatory school. Oh, um, so they're on the valley side of Coldwater mm-hmm. Canyon. That their campus was, and Harvard uh, Westlake was on the uh, the L.A. side, the okay. Beverly Hills side mm-hmm. of Holmby Hills. And so um, they would we'd have rehearsals after school, and the boys would come over. Oh. Um, we would usually only get boys for the principal roles, though. Mm-hmm. So um, so in. Little Mary Sunshine, I was a Mountie because I was this <laughs> tall when I was 10. Wow. So, <laughs> so I get to play a lot of boys, um, even even with my boobs. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask when I decided not to. No, no, no. Because that happened at 10 too. But, um, but I was tall, so they'd put me in a very, very roomy coat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was fun. I mean, it was crazy and silly and weird. And, and then, you know, the... I I feel like the plays were much less of a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we did. Well, once we did, we did Morning Becomes Electro, which is why. Um, A happy show. It's an exercise. Uh, Perfect show for young girls. Um, And and I feel like like eight people saw that. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody came to the musicals. That was a big, you know, all the families and all the parents. And but. I feel like the straight plays were not as big a deal and maybe were not even intended to be. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did them. And was your thing, oh, I want to do acting in theater or were Mm -hmm. you thinking film and television? I I think I was thinking theater because that's what I knew. I mean, at Westlake, when I was there, there were a lot of people whose parents worked in film and television. Sure, yeah. Um, And so I had been on a lot of sets and Mm -hmm. um, uh, some of my closest friends had parents with very cool jobs um Mm -hmm. and like we got to see a taping of the magician which was a a mystery show on the nbc mystery wheel um that columbo and uh, uh, mcmillan wife were on too Mm -hmm. but um i think um that starred bill bixby as a magician who was also solving crime awesome Uh um yeah crazy weirdness um i loved like that world it was fun but I also knew how much sitting around there was. Yeah. And um, theater just wasn't like that. Yeah. You know? I felt that way, too, in L.A. Like, just, I think about, like, the word show business. Mm -hmm. Like, I did, that was not a term I really heard people people whose parents were, they would say the business. Right, yes. But it was... It like it, the business meant the entertainment industry. Yeah. It didn't mean show business. No. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't top hats right. and no. boas. Right. No. It was like you know. It was parking lots yeah. and you and know whatever yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and it was the trailers and it was the you know the catering and I mean it was right. Like, well, and there were so many people. I mean, people had so many jobs so far yeah. from the spotlight of it. even rich important people yes. who were just so removed. Oh yeah. You know whether they were lawyers or executives. Absolutely. You know, and it, so it was like. It didn't have the appeal that no. um, it. I, I, you know, there were things I liked about it. Um, and for a little while, right after school, I worked at NBC because I um, skipped a couple of years, so I graduated from high school at sixteen and college at nineteen. And, wow. um, so you went straight to college when you were sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And where did um, you go to school? I went to UC Riverside one year. Um, another and then, R word. Oh, another, yeah. <laughs> UC <laughs> that, Roosevelt. That, that's, UC Roosevelt. <laughs> and then um, I, my mother 
was not happy with me being that far away. Uh-huh. Um, By the way, for the, anyone that doesn't know, it's an hour drive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, that. But here's, here's the really good story. Um, when I was – Westlake had a program back then um, when you – I don't know exactly how it happened, but I got an opportunity when I was 15. Um, I had just skipped 10th grade. Was it 10th grade I skipped? Yes. So I was suddenly in 11th grade at 15. And, um, and I got an opportunity to go to Harvard. And I was so excited because I was wow. like that whole world. I'd never been that far east. Uh-huh. My parents were from Texas, so we went to Texas a lot. Um, and to Harvard uh, College, Harvard, in Cambridge, yeah, not yeah, the boys' not school. The boy school. Right. But that would have been fun too. But <laughs> um, different. Uh, but um, but my mother refused to let me go. You know, oh and I was God. like, but because it was a trip, an right, overnight trip. No, no, no. I mean, without... go and like be a student, like become a freshman. At 15. Oh, to go to yes. Harvard. Yes. Wow. And I wanted it because I was ready to leave. I was like, yes, let's go. Oh, exciting. Okay. I mean, you thought you were ready. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. You know, that's but, very, um, that is very young yeah, to go to Harvard. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would have been, you know, and uh, who knows? I would have probably hated it and run home, mm-hmm. homesick. I mean, because, you know, nowadays, not only is skipping so much more mm-hmm. rare, they delay a lot yeah. of people. Like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. even my brother was like five and had finished um, kindergarten at his nursery school mm-hmm. and was ready to go to first grade mm-hmm. at Oakwood. Oh, yeah. And they told him, no, we want you to go to kindergarten at Oakwood. Oh, and, so and he went back. at the time, it was very like, oh, well, who did I think? You know, <laughs> yeah. But I think it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know that's a common thing now is they want everybody to be developmentally, yeah. socially Around the same and, age. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think the reason that it, it didn't, bother me uh was because Westlake was so small back yeah. then um my first class at Westlake which I think was second grade or third grade I can't remember um there were eight girls wow that's really small. you know so like it it was we couldn't really bully one another because right. eventually you can't to right like you we all have to be friends yeah. because because <laughs> tomorrow somebody's going to be pissed at you and yeah. you need somebody yeah. on your you know who has your right. back right. so eventually everyone was always snippy with each other and everyone was always best friends like yeah. it was it's like it a was, family yeah it was it's all like of the that. real housewives yeah <laughs> 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 oh my god it really is well when I started watching Real Housewives Beverly Hills I did I did say to my husband a lot like oh god I went to school with these girls yes. oh god oh my god. Oh, this is so familiar. Trigger oh, warning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very like oh, um, every dance, every pro, every evening, hanging out, like every yeah, it was it was. Childhood. So okay, so what after a year at UC Riverside, what happened? Um, then I went to USC and I graduated from there. And um, I that was had, a big bill. Your parents then had to pay. Yep. So your mom could have you a closer. And they paid it. A closer drive. <laughs> That's what she wanted. So they paid it. I mean, the UCs um, are these amazing yeah, universities among mm-hmm. the top in the country, yep. but they're state schools. Yeah. And then USC is also a, a top school? university, mm-hmm. but it's a private school. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, you know, mere minutes from our house. Yeah. So she was much happier. Mm-hmm. I lived at home and I drove to school every day. Um, and USC has a big film program. Mm-hmm. But, but I wasn't in the film department. I was um, in theater. Because Riverside is a really good theater yeah. department. Mm-hmm. And I was in theater it. out there. Yeah. But I was actually, when I went to UC Riverside, I was in the 
that pre-med program that they, I don't know if they still have, but it used to be if you got in as a freshman and you kept your grades at a certain place, then mm. you automatically got into med school. Gotcha. You didn't have to reapply. Um, so you were going to toe the so, line and yeah, do what? Yeah, I was going to behave. So when did you um, change your mind? It, my Right before I graduated at SC. Um, I had an advisor. I had a bunch of great advisors and great professors at USC. And um, an advisor who told me that if I stayed one more year, my degree is in um, psychology at, mm-hmm. at SC with concentrations in women's studies and theater, which was the thing they invented then instead of majors and minors. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still do that. Uh-huh. But right. um, so I designed my own program. Um, but he told me that given I tested out of a bunch of things, which is why I got to take so many classes electively, um, that if I stayed one more year, which would be a normal four year college experience, um, I could graduate with a BFA in theater because Mm -hmm. I had enough credits except for those last remaining Mm -hmm. ones, Mm -hmm. as opposed to graduating with my bachelor's and then these concentrations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to my mom and said that, you know, um, and my mom made decisions. My father was there. He was part of everything, but my mom made decisions. So um, I explained it to her. And that's the first time I ever heard from her that this was unacceptable because my entire life, they're the ones who put me in drama classes and um, a drill team and Girl Scouts. And we went to the symphony every Saturday, the children's symphony Saturday morning. Because they wanted you to be cultured. Yes. They wanted me to be well-rounded. Yes. Uh, I played the harp and I played the piano and I had singing lessons and I had tap lessons and I did ballet. Like I, I was always in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it, but I didn't realize that I wasn't allowed to want to do it. I had no idea that that mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. and that's when I found out. So I was, I guess it was 19, you know, and she said, uh, you know, well, if you do that, then you're cut off. Mm-hmm. And I had had jobs, but I'd never had a job where I supported myself, yeah. you know? Um, so I was kind of like, I, 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 that's a lot. Oh, cut off. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, you know, and I was shocked, totally uh-huh. shocked. Uh-huh. Um, Were you angry? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I was. It was not good. So I, I ended up going to grad school because it was kind of like, okay, um, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I don't, I don't want to do. I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor uh-huh. when I got to OCHEM at UC Riverside. I realized organic chemistry that was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I didn't want to go into that corporate world. I didn't yeah. want to do that. Um, so I, uh, I went to UCLA and I got a master's in psychology mm-hmm. with a concentration in theater mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't, I never gave up, you know, all yeah. my theater classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept doing that. And it wasn't until I but moved you here. Thought, were you thinking at all about what you did want to do? Yeah. I mean, I, I figured I would somehow get back to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't, I ha- did not have a plan. There was no, but I, but it was the only thing, you know, it's, it's the only thing that felt like oh, me, right. you yeah. know, yeah. um, years ago, my, after my father passed away, um, and I had a lot of health stuff. Um, I'd been in and out of the hospital a lot. And, uh, my husband and I saw a friend of ours that we hadn't seen in some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was like, Oh my God, I know you've really been through it. Are you okay? To me. And, and I, as I like opened my mouth to say, yes, I mean, that's literally what I was plant. Yes. I'm okay. What I heard come out was only when I'm on stage. Oh. And like, I didn't know that's what I was going to say. Until, yeah, yeah. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, yep, that's true. Wow. I'm not okay. But yeah, when I'm performing, I'm okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That is no longer true, thankfully. Um, I am, I am, you know, yay, therapy. 
be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, but yeah, I. It's where I'm most me. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And so, you were you were realizing that then. Yeah, I think I did even then because I always kept doing it. Uh-huh. Um, mm. At I used to. Do you remember Monty's Steakhouse in Westwood? No. Ah, it was um, one of the. We those... lived in the valley. I yeah, mean, okay. There was you know, pet... When you talk about that other side of, other Mahon, side of the hill, we really All went right. there. Okay. <laughs> there, on the other side of the hill, there was a steakhouse in, in Westwood. I don't know. I'm sure it's not there, but it was uh, one of the big, tall buildings for Los Angeles. No, it was like, I don't know. 20 something Um, and it had a a steakhouse Uh and they had a guy who played and sang guitar on Sunday and Monday nights and um I don't know exactly how I met him I think he was a friend of a friend grad school yeah when I was yeah and um I we would go in and he knew every song but he didn't know the lyrics to Mm -hmm. anything so sometimes people would request things and he could play it but he couldn't sing it Mm -hmm. so he'd look at me and go do you know Blue Bayou? I'm like, sure. And I'd stand up and see wow. it. So I started doing that. And then the manager said, listen, we can't pay you, but if you want to come in and do that. Free we'll, steak. Free steak. <laughs> free steak. And yeah. I was like, bingo. You know, I'm 19 years old. Steak is awesome. Um, yeah. So it was, it was heaven, you I know, and, that. and, and that was kind of my job um, in addition to school and like other work that I did and theater. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So 
you know, something you said a second ago, uh-huh. she asked if you were okay. You mm-hmm. said only when I'm on stage. I know one of the albums you wanted to talk about was Forbidden Fruit, yeah. Nina Simone. Uh-huh. And she's someone who dealt with a lot of, you know, struggle Demons. and yeah. uh, behind the scenes mm-hmm. drama. And But she was always such a wonderful performer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the sound is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, I think Nina... Uh, like Roberta Flack, who's another mm-hmm, person mm-hmm, I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, yeah, that song uh, you sing. Uh, first time. First yeah, time yeah, ever yeah, I saw yeah, your face, yeah. yeah. First time ever I saw your face. Um, that um, they both are pianists who sing. Right. And it's very clear that they are creating music with their whole bodies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just the voice. It's, um, it's playing, too, and the, the chord changes mm-hmm. and the, the arrangements. It, I think that the thing about Nina that's so deep for me is how many layers mm-hmm. there are. She's operating on so many levels mm-hmm. at any given moment. And she was both always a political activist uh, and an artist, even when she was singing a love song. I went to London town to clear up my mind. Then on to Paris for the fun I could find. I found I couldn't leave my memories behind. Where can I go without you? You know, she didn't cease to become this creature Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, There's another documentary that I uh, much prefer to what happened called uh, The Amazing Miss Simone, Uh which is, it came out around the same exact time. It's so good because it really concentrates on, on who she was as the artist. The artist. Um, And, uh, you know, what happened with Simone is, is about, in some degree, you know, the stuff going on behind the scenes, she had emotional problems. She had difficulties. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she ever really got the kind of help that would have helped her be happier, right, you know, yeah. but she clearly also did work out some of it uh-huh. when she was working, yeah, you know, right. she found ways to, um, to, to make it work for her. Uh-huh. Um, but it didn't always, there were times that it got in her way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, but of course as a kid, I didn't know any of that. All, all I knew was that she was, um, fierce in a way yeah. that I, really loved um i was i think going to a girl's school i was lucky because feminism was like a part of every class uh-huh, you know uh-huh. it was just the way we moved through the world um but 
I did I noticed that I did always kind of latch onto strong women who mm. who were more than just some sort of like cardboard cutout of strong, you know, yeah. that that what does that actually mean? You know, what does it mean to wake up every day in the 20th century um as a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. who doesn't meet what conventional America is telling you is mm-hmm. the standard of beauty mm-hmm. um, and put yourself on display. Yeah. You know, because by virtue of being a performer, she's saying, hey, look at me. And really, you she know? did the whole thing. You know, like you said, she was the pianist, mm-hmm. so she played for herself. She mm-hmm. sang for herself. And a lot of times she wasn't worried about her voice not sounding no, pretty. You know, she wasn't because she wasn't trying. She was never trying to do that. I mean, yeah. she started as a classical pianist. Singing was not something she intended mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of like you with yeah. the actor and yeah. the singer second. Yeah. Um, you know, she sang because she was uh, playing for someone at that bar in Atlantic City who didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the boss said, I hired a singer. So somebody has to sing or you're not getting paid. <laughs> exactly. yeah. What happened with you? <laughs> you know, at the yeah. bar. Yeah. Do you know Blue Bunny? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, okay, fine. I'm singing. Yeah. Um, so she never set out to sound pretty, to have a beautiful mm-hmm. voice, to, you know, to learn how to use the instrument. Like that, she wasn't that yeah. creature. She was like, okay, how do I make the same kind of choices with my voice that I want to make with my hands when right. I'm sitting at the piano? And she's she wanted to play the notes in between the notes, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and she because that's the sound that would say what she wanted to say. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that made me love her um, so much. Dolly Parton mm. is in the same. I love Dolly Parton for the same reason, even though they're very different mm-hmm. people, but that she has something to say. Mm-hmm. It's yes. Beautiful voice. Um, great songwriters. They know what they're talking about. But but it's not just, oh, these are good songs that are fun to listen to. And, uh-huh. you know, she's saying something. A distinct point of view. Yeah. And about the world and about yeah. the world in which they find themselves, yeah. you know, and and not content to just leave the world the way they found it, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, try and make it better. Yeah. And also, you know, Dolly as well is a very you know, like a like a machine. You know, she writes the song. Mm-hmm. She plays. Mm-hmm. She has a whole brand surrounding yep. her. You yeah. Know? We saw her. Was that uh, two years ago? No, I remember now it was summer of 2016. <sighs> um, at uh, Flushing Meadow when she came out. And oh, I'm so jealous. Oh I was just there oh last god. weekend and I was like, I wish I would have seen Dolly here. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It was so amazing. She played like 1900 instruments. It was crazy. And all of them were white and encrusted with rhinestones. Oh my god. Did it have her Dolly oh logo? Oh my god. <laughs> it was so incredible. What is your favorite uh, Dolly album? Oh, oh, oh. Uh. I have mine, but it's like deep cut. Okay, tell me. Well, mine are the like the late 70s, early 80s, like the disco album. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Dolly, yes. Dolly, Dolly. Yes. Um, like the trash music. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> love I mean, a lot but, of those no, she didn't write, but, but I yeah, love But a couple of songs on those are fun too. I was compiling the Dolly 
song list. You know, Natalie we... has Dolly and Nina shows. Yeah. And I guess per our tech conversation, you're doing a Judy one. Yeah, Judy is Monday. This is big. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've been I'm doing be a so different one. A more, at, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, I started this monthly residency thing at Birdland in the uh-huh. summer of 2017. Um, and we did four of them then. And I, my husband, it was his idea, actually. He said, what if you did a different artist every month? Mm-hmm. And you did mm-hmm. like, you know, four months of just, and I thought, oh, that sounds like fun. Because I really do love ner- learning new songs. Um, I don't always remember the words. But I do really <laughs> enjoy it. Um, and so um, I thought that sounded like fun. And that mm-hmm. was a good idea. And In a way, I, it's like the library research, yeah, Natalie. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, totally. it's both of those things. Um, so I, um, we, the first one was a Sammy Davis Jr. show, which was so much fun. And then we did a, a new version of Nina because I have uh-huh. I've been mm-hmm. doing a mm-hmm. Nina show for. A long so I know on your out al- on your latest album you do Mr. Bojangles, yes. right? And then Mississippi Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? It's all in the air. I can't stand the pressure much longer. Somebody say a prayer. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about Mississippi, goddamn Did you do those songs in the show? Yes. Um, they're in, uh, they weren't in the, the first Nina show I ever did, uh-huh. but they were in the second Nina show okay. I did. Um, and um, then we did Linda Ronstadt. Um, and then uh, Shirley Bassey, which was so oh, much fun. Yes. Um, and then we did six shows last year, mm-hmm. uh, and then this year we're doing ten. So it's a different artist. I did an Elvis show. Um, uh. I did a Roberta Flack show, which is coming back. It's just it's it's heavenly, you know, mm-hmm. getting to do a deep v- dive into mm. their lives yeah. and find the stories because I know that people come to the shows who are bigger fans than I and they know more than I mm-hmm. but and I want them to be entertained I don't want those people to be bored because mm-hmm. I'm you know just saying the basics yeah. um uh, I we, we like to give them a deep cut or two you mm-hmm. know um mm-hmm. but I also know there are people who come because it's Birdland and and people walk in there you know they just want to see something at Birdland who may not don't know the artist at all they're from other countries they don't you know yeah. they've heard of that person but they don't really know who that is mm-hmm. um so I don't want them to be lost you know, I don't want it to be so esoteric that they're kind of like, what are we talking? Right. So I, I know that I have to kind of craft a show that will entertain all of those people and really try and celebrate why that's my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. You know, why mm-hmm. why I love this song. Um, why well, that's my favorite artist as she's going into year three of yes. the right, 17 right. artists. Well, that's, I don't, <laughs> you know, people used to come to me at the piano bars all the time and say, what's your favorite song? And I was like, it changes all well, the time. I'm saying. Right, yeah, right. you know, it does. I don't have a favorite, favorite above all time. Like I could yeah. never choose that because it, there's, it, 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 it's like a child, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I couldn't, yeah. Your favorite child is always changing. <laughs> okay, so, but going back before yeah. all this got yeah. started, you're singing at Monty Steakhouse. Yeah, I am, and sing and and going to grad school and uh, listening to um, what's current on the radio and my Great American Songbook and uh-huh. country music and jazz standards. And then you get your degree. Yeah, I got and my degree, and then I worked at NBC for a couple of years because mm-hmm. um, I thought that would be the pleasing my mother compromise. Right. You know, it's a job with benefits and a pension. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that um, sense that I don't know if people that don't come from L.A. understand mm-hmm. that 
you definitely feel in LA, if you don't want to be an actor or mm-hmm. a director, right. you could go into the business yes. and have a very... It's not like joining the circus right. at all. You could no. go and have a. It's it's just an industry. It's that a you nine to five life, and yeah. you could be successful and work hard. Yep. And there's a ladder, and yep. that's reasonable. Absolutely. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years, but it didn't take me long to realize that where I thought it might be a blend of my creative side yeah. and then some of the things that she wanted for me, like the structure, and yeah. you know, um, that. There wasn't much creative about it. Right. I was the, in the blend of your creative side and the structure is yeah. actually being an artist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly blend. it. Um, because, because you, you know, I was in the marketing research department. Yeah. You know, uh, so we we weren't research. Creative was not. <laughs> yes, still research, <laughs> but um, you know, so it wasn't. So um, uh, I visited friends who had moved here and were doing the modeling thing here, actually, um, and fell in love with it here. And so then I decided I'm moving to New York. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was here about a year and a half later. Um, and and that, did you start working at Brandy's right Yeah. Away? Before I moved here, the first time I went to Brandy's, I got up and sang. And um, the waitress came over and said, Danny wants to talk to you. And I, it was Julie Shepard. And I said, I don't know who that is. And she said, come on. And I got up and I went to the bar. And the bartender said, uh, do you want a job? And I, I said, I don't live here. I live in LA. You just move here, and I'll give you a job. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. Um, so about a year and a half later, I was here, and I went by Brandy's, and I said, I just moved. And in fact, I lived two blocks away. Uh-huh. Like that was just happenstance, but that's where I wound up. And um, I said, I live here. And he said, okay. Uh, well, I don't have anything right this minute, but I'll give you a job. And like. A day later? I mean, mm-hmm. instantaneously, he called me and said, one of my waitresses just got a West Side Story tour, and she's gone. Can you do Tuesdays and Wednesdays? And I said, uh, sure. Uh-huh. He goes, it's just till she comes back. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I did Tuesdays and Wednesdays for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> she never came back. <laughs> she never came back. Well, she did eventually, but she, not did to Tuesdays. Like, I mean, by that point, did you have, like, your go-to songs and stuff and all that? No, nope. like- I built all that when I was – I mean, I had things that I – did from well, you the did Blue Bayou. Yes, <laughs> Blue Bayou. Uh, Great and God song. Bless the Child. God, and um, uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? And mm. it's too late. I, yeah, I had songs that I did, I, Eagles tunes, um, standards. Which some, Eagles tunes? Uh, Lion Eyes and Peaceful Easy Feeling. Um, what else did I do back then? <sighs> Desperado, of Desperado. course. Um, and uh, Take It to the Limit. Oh God! Can't even. Some of them I haven't done in so long. I can't even remember. And Hotel um, California is that your favorite Eagles record? It's my favorite Eagles record. Uh-huh. It is because it's perfect. It is, and there's a lot of. Um, it's a good mix of like kind of upbeat, like rockier uh-huh. tunes, and like yes. some ballads that yes. are really pretty that I never heard before. She came from Providence, one in Rhode Island, where the old world shadows hang. Heavy in the air She packed her hopes and dreams Like a refugee Just as her father came Across the sea Yeah, and it, it, I, it's, when you listen to it from beginning to end, Uh you know, the way we used to listen to albums, Uh um, 
there is a very clear arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a very clear story. Mm-hmm. And I always loved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like whenever I listened to that album, I went to a place mm-hmm. and stayed there until it was done. You went to you the know? Hotel California. Yes. Went to yeah. the Hotel California. Um, Hotel California, though, when I worked in Piano Bar, <laughs> is one of the songs that people request yeah. that they don't really want to listen to. <laughs> Right. Because they think they they think it's something else. Yeah. They they think it's like um Ode to Billy Joe, which is another song I sing. Um people think there's some kind of chorus that they can sing along right. on. They really do. Um but then when you start singing it, they realize there yeah. really isn't. Right, right. And so they, they start you start the first verse and they're kinda like, Yay, oh gosh. Ah. And then you see their faces just kinda going, Oh, wait. oh right! <laughs> oh oh oh! I don't know this verse. Oh, uh-huh, I, don't, uh-huh. I don't. Anyway, and they start talking to their friends, <laughs> and how, you lose. How them. long was it from when you started? We got here and you started working at Brandy's until mm-hmm. you did your first cabaret show. A year. A year. And yeah. Were you in that time seeing shows, getting to know yes. people? Yes. I my because that I, was your first exposure to that yeah. world, right? Yes. My first cabaret show ever was, uh, I think, Sydney Meyer. Good. That's uh, a good intro. Yes, at Paulson's, which I think is now the Triad, um, oh, okay. on Seventy Second Street. Broadway started there. Yeah, I think so Paulson's. too. Um, and my second cabaret show was Karen Mason at Don't Tell Mama. Wow, yeah. very, very yeah. classic. So, legend. Yeah. So heaven. Um, yeah, I saw as soon as I saw the forum, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 love it. Um, and because my parents used to take me to live performance a lot, I grew up seeing a lot of hearing a lot of live music we went to the hollywood bowl every year mm-hmm. we went to the greek theater every year mm-hmm. um we went to like i said to the symphony every saturday morning um when they did the children's symphony thing and uh we followed the count basie orchestra every year they came to through la mm-hmm. and when i was really little um we went to see them and joe williams was the singer wow. and i saw him on stage and he began to sing something to live for with the verse. <laughs> and um, the crowd had been like through all the instrumental stuff, the crowd was like, Whoa! and you know, sort of clapping along and dancing and just kind of mm. reacting, moving. Um, but the second he started to sing, everybody stopped. Mm-hmm. And there was this stillness. Mm-hmm. And like every word, every note just landed and and I was transfixed mm-hmm. and I looked at my mother afterwards and I was like that how do I do that you know um and I really kind of forgot about it like that moment that didn't you know until I saw cabaret and thought oh yeah that's what that is mm-hmm. that's it's that communicating directly with the audience. Like mm-hmm, just, yeah. you know, n- there's not a character between you. There's not a- costumes and dialogue. It's just you, you know, a version of you and, and the people in the room. Um, and uh, I also, my other job uh, was a, a different piano bar. One time I worked at all the piano bars that existed in New York City. Um, but my regular gig was Broadway Baby and Duplex. Um, Broadway, Broadway Baby. It, it it closed in 1990. Is that the name of the bar? Yeah, that was the name of the bar. It was on Amsterdam between 79th and 80th. Um, I think for a long time it was like Bourbon Street or something. It's something mm-hmm. else now. It's a, It's been another bar for many, many years, mm-hmm. obviously. But, um, but it... it existed for about five years and I was there the last two Mm -hmm. and, uh, two, three, three. Um, and 
they had a cabaret space too. It wasn't just, uh, it was, it was, they, they did cabaret shows in the space Mm -hmm. at the six o'clock hour. And then at nine o'clock it became piano bar. So, you know, same. So like Don't Tell Mama or the duplex in its original location, um, you have the opportunity to work the cabaret space Mm -hmm. in a different, you know, you could be the waitress or bartender for the piano bar Mm -hmm. shift. So I saw a lot of cabaret Mm -hmm. for a year. I worked Sundays, um, and saw a lot of shows. Uh, in fact, that's the first time I met Amanda Green. She did her first show there mm. um, back in 88 or 89. Um, and we've known each other ever since. Um, I was just watching her be brilliant Monday night at Birdland um, mm. doing a show. And I was kind of like, this is cool. I've been, I've been watching you do shows for uh-huh. 30 years. That's cool. You must have so many of those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. There are a bunch of people that I've known a really long time. Um, you know, and, and I will say I was very lucky too. This sort of the situation you describe, I the places into which I walked were very kind and welcoming to me too. Yeah. And I met mm. people who were so generous and didn't treat me like oh someone knew you, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, who who were really oh hey come on sit with us, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which was great uh, because I I knew people here. Because there were a lot of people from L.A. who had moved here, but none of them in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really none of them even in theater mm-hmm. um, at the time. Uh, none of them, like my class, um, Mariska Hargaday, like those, you know, mm-hmm. th- she wasn't here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, she was still in L.A. Like, so the people I knew who were doing sort of the same things stayed there. And the people I knew here were, do- were writing um, were modeling, yeah. were photographers and artists and, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I came into the show business world of New York, not knowing anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were all really kind. Um, and I, I remember that because when I see somebody new, you know, someone who's young and just gets here and they're kind of like, I don't know what to <laughs> do yet. You know, um, I, I think what, what did I want when that was mm-hmm. me? You know, how mm-hmm. did I want to be treated? You know, and that's how I try to treat them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I try. I do my best. Well, we have um, a game that we play with yes. our guests. Oh, really? What's that? Um, well, you're familiar with uh, Mary Fuck Kill. Yes, of course. So we play Dolly Concert Kill. <laughs> and so we're giving you three it. performers. Okay. One that you will see as Dolly Levi in Hello, Dolly on Broadway. Ooh. One that you'll see in a peak career concert. <gasps> and one, unfortunately, that I have to kill. you will have to kill. <gasps> Okay, so Roberta uh, Flack, Nina Simone, oh. and Mitzi Gaynor. Yes, yes, <laughs> no, perfection. No, no. Oh. Roberta, Nina, and Mitzi. Okay, oh, wait. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, well, Nina's definitely concert. Right. Like yes, that, that's absolutely. just seeing her at her peak. Um. But both Roberta and Mitzi are alive. <laughs> wow. Um. I know it's kind of crazy, but I think I want to see Roberta Flack do Dolly. I mean, I Absolutely. definitely want to hear like, her sing it. Yeah, right. right? Sure, like, I think sure. I want to see. Like, what is that? That that sounds like that would be amazing. 
I don't have a sense of her persona at all. Oh my God, she's so lovely. Um, there's a lot of live video on yeah. uh, YouTube. See, watch her for a okay. while because she's hysterical and she's funny oh, and great. she's great um, and really, really kind. Um, Luther Vandross, who was one of her backup singers, uh-huh. uh, told this story that I found when I was building the Roberta Flack show a couple months ago um, that she... When he was her backup singer, he began to write. Mm -hmm. And he was working on something in the hotel while they were out somewhere and recording it into his cassette recorder. Um, And on the bus the next day, was listening to it and trying to say to himself, is this good? Is this bad? And she said, what are you listening to? And he was like, oh, oh, uh, caught. Um, It's a thing I'm writing. And she said, oh, let me, you know. And she listened to it. And she started to cry Mm. and looked at him and said, you're going to be a huge star. Wow. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Oh, my. She didn't say, oh, shit, I have to find a new backup player. Like, she she she, was, like, generous was the first thing she thought of. Mm -hmm. Like, that, oh, amazing. Um, She's she's really funny. And I, she's also an activist, very political. Mm -hmm. Um. The hits don't tell you who she is. Mm-hmm. You know, the hits are just how gorgeous that voice is mm-hmm. yeah. and how smart the choices are, how musically sound. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just exactly right. That's how right. that song should be. Yeah. Um, but it's the deep cuts when you get to Roberta. Uh, compared to what um, business goes on as usual, um, I am the girl. I am the girl that you. I am the girl that you look at and smile, but I am the one that he'll leave after a while. I'm the girl. There, there's songs that that show you who she really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'd be an amazing Dolly Like, uh, wow! From your um, mouth. And I, and I don't want to kill Mitzi Gaynor. I well, love you. I love you, Mitzi. Run, right? I love you. <laughs> She'll be fine. She's, she's preserved. <laughs> she looks fabulous, you guys. She does look fabulous. She does. Uh, there was a documentary about her yeah. too. I need to yeah. watch that. She's fascinating. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug for the uh, listeners? Sure. Um, Coming up. Well, I'm I'm doing this monthly residency. Mm -hmm. Birdland. So Birdland, um, I've done over 70 shows at Birdland in the last 15 years. It's my musical home, and Mm -hmm. I love it, and they're all so great there. It's your Harmonia Um, Gardens. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. But fortunately, I haven't gone away. Um, And uh, so I'm there. It tends to be the um, last week or the third week of the month on the Monday night um, with my dear friend Jim Crusoe. Mm -hmm. And... um, we just booked into 2020. Well, thank you, Natalie, thank for you, being Natalie. our guest. Thank you so we love you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, you yes. guys. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> Come back next week for Tony-winning lyricist and director Scott Whitman coming in to chat about Sinatra at the Sands. Other upcoming guests include Tony-winning actress and singer Laura Benanti, 
four-time Tony-winning lighting designer Kevin Adams, and from the National Company of Hello Dolly, Tony-nominated Broadway diva Carolee Carmella. This episode was recorded at John Kilgore Studios in New York City and was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Remelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Remelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an ass. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.